Shawty, what's all with y'all? Oh, hi. Coming to say you're lucky, fine. We got to cutting it off. It she know about the kid and fuck on my line. I'ma keep it up all with y'all. But Shawty, I'm trying to make you mine. Don't make it too easy, I wanna try. She looking too good, can't let it go by. Oh, yeah. Think I won the lotto. This slow mulatto. She could be a model. She wanna show me some. Think I won the lotto. Buxy and I are joined by Ryan Ludwith as we preview the NBA Finals between the Nuggets and the Heat. All right. Welcome back to the Lovecast, everyone. We are here for a little bit of a Finals preview. Joined by Ryan Ledwith, who seems to have a little bit of a podcast bug. Guy's been texting us day in, day out, asking to come on the pod. So we finally let him back in. Letty, first of all, how you doing? How's your day? Oh, great day. Um, I'm chasing that bag right now. Made some money. And yeah, you're right. I just, uh, I love the rush I get from potting, from riffing with the fellows. So <laughs> let's get this thing going. We love that. We also have Butsy here. So we're going to do a little finals preview. Heat Nuggets, unfortunately, could have been Knicks Nuggets, could have been Celts Nuggets. It winds up being Heat Nuggets. Yep. So, Laddie, I'll start with you because you're, you seem to have a lot of takes built up. Uh, what do you, how do you see this, this finals going? The Nuggets are obviously heavy favorites. Do you give the Heat any chance of winning this series? Um, yeah, I do. I think all the stats that I'm reading and on paper, it seems like the Nuggets should sweep the Heat or win in five. But um, we've said that basically the last two series the Heat have played, or against the Celtics at least, you guys didn't really think it was that much of a competition. Um but, yeah, I think, I mean, the Nuggets are just they're, – they're almost unstoppable on offense. We know this is an offensive versus a defensive battle. The Nuggets have a great offense. The Heat have a great defense. Um, one thing I wanted to point out is the Nuggets actually play really well against the zone. They average like 1.2 points per possession when they play against the zone, which is not good news for the Heat that's like one of the most successful a team has been against his own. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how Spo tries to match up against them. Um, but I do think we're going to get like a, a Jimmy Butler carry game. And I think we're going to get a Max Drews, Duncan Robinson, possibly Tyler Hero on the return game also where they just shoot the piss out of the ball and shoot 50% from three. So I could, I could see this series going six or seven. Yeah. I have the nuggets in six, Butsy. What's your take? Yeah, I, I really don't feel like the Heat have that much of a fight in this series. Um, I, I think we expected a different Celtics team. I expected to see a different Celtics team. Um, I think it was like the majority of the series, especially games two, sorry, games one and two, were just more of like the Celtics repeatedly shooting themselves in the foot rather than them being beat by the Heat in game seven. Obviously, the Celtics hurt themselves more than they got beat by the Heat. Um Nuggets, who have been incredible all season, they play insanely well at home. Uh, the role players just don't seem to miss there, and they've been playing on the road very, uh, you know, pretty good as well. Um, they are also a team that's so prolific offensively. And I said this on yesterday's show, like they're going to need to score. The Heat are going to need to score at least 110 points a game if they're going to want a fighting chance in this series. And I just don't see that happening consistently. I think Denver is playing uh, obviously insane offense, but I think their defensive. Uh, their de- their defense has been pretty good as well. Um, holding the Lakers to not you know any you know insanely offensive efficient games besides probably game one I think. 
Um, but besides that, the Denver's been playing great defense. And and I don't know if the Heat have enough firepower to hang with Denver. Um, I think their offense is clicking on too many levels right now. I have Denver in a sweeper in five. Because I don't think Miami can win in Denver, like period. And I think that Denver will take one in Miami, at least. Yeah. When you think about how the Heat got there, and I'm not trying to downplay their path because it is very impressive to do what they've done as an eight seed, but they go against the Bucks with an injured Giannis. I firmly believe that Giannis was not himself for that entire series, and if he had been fully healthy, I think that would have been a different story, and I think a lot of people would agree with that. Then they go against the Knicks, who are pretty much just an inferior team. Um, Julius Randle didn't really step up the way he needed to. Jalen Brunson was pretty much the only guy who could consistently score for them. And then the Celtics, like Butsy said, super impressive win by the Heat, so you can't take anything away there. But the team, the Celtics beat themselves. And I forget which announcer or analyst said it. It might have been someone on the TNT crew that the Heat can't beat the Celtics, but the Celtics can beat themselves. And the Celtics beat themselves more than any other team, any other good team in this league. And the Nuggets, I just don't think do that. They don't make mistakes um, like that. They respond to runs. They play good defense. They move the ball. And what Letty said about the zone, too, Jokic is the perfect guy to break again to break his own, to yeah. put him in the middle and let him see the floor and pass over everyone. It's just pretty much unfair um, for, for any zone that you try to throw at the Nuggets. So I think the Heat are going to struggle to guard them. It really comes down to if the Heat are able to match them offensively, and I think that's going to be tough. Just I know that the Heat role players have been amazing, um, but so have the Nuggets. So with that said, I mean, obviously the finals are often dominated by stars, and the storyline's going to be Jimmy Butler versus Jokic, um, Jimmy and Bam versus Murray and Jokic, all that type of stuff. I think this is like role player heaven, this matchup. Which uh which supporting cast Letty do you think has the edge in this series? Um I mean the Heat the Heat bench is averaging and this was with Caleb Martin on the bench, they're averaging I think around like 34, 35 points a game versus the Nuggets bench has been averaging around 19 or 20. Um that being said, I think the Heat are gonna start Caleb Martin in this series and go small. So I think that coming off the bench, we're going to see Duncan Robinson and we're going to see a little bit of Kevin Love. Um, but you're right. I think it's more stars versus stars matchup. I think um, Bruce Brown has been great. He's been driving the ball really well and he's been shooting the thing also. Um, yeah, I, I just think it's different without without Caleb Martin on the bench. But uh, the Nuggets, the Nuggets... They don't have a deep – they really don't have a deep bench. They really – Mike Malone, I feel like, has six or seven guys that he really trusts, and those two off the bench are Bruce Brown and sometimes Jeff Green, but Jeff Green can also play himself out of games without being able to shoot the ball. Um, so I would say the Heat, but it just depends on what, what Spo is doing with Caleb. I kind of disagree with that a little bit. I feel like the Nuggets have – it's what's the rule in, in the NBA, like especially when it comes down to crunch time. It's like trust seven, play eight. I think he's got trust in Jeff Green. Um, so if you want to talk about Bruce Brown, uh, KCP, uh, Michael Porter Jr. So, sorry, sorry, who is their usual starting five? Is it Murray, Jokic, MPJ, Gordon, uh, Aaron KCP, Gordon, KCP. and KCP? So mm-hmm. that means you have Bruce Brown, Jeff Green, and Christian Brown coming off the bench. 
that's the you know classic trust seven play eight. Like I, I think that's gonna it like but while the Heat bench may like have an edge, I don't think role players are strictly defined by bench. Like I think the role players for the Nuggets are you know MPJ and KCP and Aaron Gordon, like who I believe have the edge against the Heat's role players. But yes, the Heat bench has been very productive with Caleb Martin on the bench. But I think that the Nuggets role players, so to say, are better than the Heat role players. And I think, you know, the classic trust seven play eight has worked perfectly for Denver. Um, and they're going to, you know, stick with that throughout the postseason or throughout the finals. Yeah, there's just so much cohesion, honestly, with both of these teams. But when you have a guy who can pass the ball like Jokic can, especially from the center position and just pick defenses apart, it's really just impossible to guard them. The Heat, although they run good offense, they get a lot of good shots. Um, they don't have kind of that – and no one does. No one else has a Jokic where no matter what happens, it seems like the Nuggets can find a way to get a good shot, whether it's him shooting or him finding someone. And I think that's just what makes them so impossible to guard. Um, why don't we go into some individual matchups? Who guards Jamal Murray in this series? And – if it's Jimmy Butler, I mean, does that make a big difference? Is that going to slow him down a lot? I think no, because I think on the other end of the floor, Jimmy's going to be hunting for Jamal. So I think if they do wind up matching up against each other, they're both going to be dead by the fourth quarter. Even when when it was the Lakers-Nuggets series, at the end of the game, even the Nuggets were tired as hell. Like Jamal Murray was like huffing and puffing, hands on knees at the end of the game when he got the ball. So... Um, I don't think it's going to make that much of a difference. Yeah, I, I would like uh, I would like to see who Jimmy guards. I, I think that's going to be really interesting to see because, like Letty just said, it's going to impact his you know offensive production on the other end. Um, I I think this is a matchup nightmare for the Heat across the board. Um, whether like we can go through the whole starting five for each team, but I just feel like the Nuggets have an advantage pretty much in every spot, probably besides shooting guard. Um. If you're going to have Bam at center, Jokic is going to baby the shit out of Bam um, and just put him in, you know, take him out to the woodshed. Um, and just through and through, I think the Nuggets just have an overall advantage at every spot. But Yeah. Jokic, or, sorry, the uh, the Heat going small is definitely a matchup nightmare against Denver because that forces Jimmy Butler to have to guard someone, probably Aaron Gordon. Um and then you got Caleb Martin, Max Struess, and Gabe Vincent trying to deal with Jamal Murray. I think that's going to be uh, very difficult for those three guards to like handle. Even Marcus Smart had his way with Gabe Vincent at times. So yeah. you don't think Jamal Murray is going to be able to do 10 times that? Exactly. And also, Jokic just went against probably his toughest matchup in the league in Anthony Davis. Maybe you could argue Joel Embiid, but Anthony Davis is as good of a defensive big man as you can find in the NBA. And now he's going to go up against Bam, who's a very good defender, but he's probably three or four inches shorter than Jokic. I agree with Butsy. I think this is an absolute nightmare matchup um, for the Nuggets. You boys have anything else you want to talk about? Any hot takes we want to throw out? Um, any predictions? What do we want to go to, Letty? I think the only way the Heat win this series is if they get Jokic in foul trouble. Like, Jokic on the floor, it, it, his stats are ridiculous. He's averaging – so Jokic is averaging, when he's on the floor, the Nuggets are averaging 123 points per 100 possessions. When the Heat let up over 116 points on 100 possessions, they're 1-6. and six. 
So with Jokic on the floor, the Heat are pretty much fucked because you know the Heat aren't matching up with them offensively. Their only bet is to stop Jokic, and the only way you could stop Jokic is by getting him out of the game. Yeah, so you I put think, him on the bench. Yeah, he's and he's attackable too. That's the thing. He's not like he's an average defender, but when the Lakers got downhill against him, you could finish over him. You know he's not he's not really trying to contest every shot because he doesn't want to get in foul trouble. The thing is, too, though, like Bam isn't AD's size. Um, so it's gonna be interesting to see how much he goes at Jokic and tries to finish over him. Like Jokic has a good three inches on Bam, probably. I think maybe a bigger wingspan too. I'm not too sure about those uh, metrics specifically, but Jokic just has a distinct size advantage over Bam that AD uh, did not, or that he did not over AD. So I think it's a completely different matchup and it'll be interesting to see how a team like the heat attacks the rim. Um, I know they've been shooting really, really well from outside, but I think getting to the rim with Aaron Gordon as well, who has been a great defender for, you know, his, his time in uh, Denver to see how he, um handles Jimmy because he'll probably be guarding Jimmy, I would assume. Mm-hmm. Uh seeing how he handles Jimmy and keeping him out of the paint, uh, I think will just be a will be an interesting matchup for sure. Yeah, Jimmy did have a couple games, especially when Tatum switched to the primary defender on him, where he did definitely struggle from the field. Obviously, uh he wound up getting it done in game seven, but I just I don't know. I don't see how the Heat can combat this. Obviously, there's going to be things that Spolster pulls out that I think we just can't think of because that guy yeah. is a basketball genius and a god um, when it comes to coaching basketball. Mike Malone's a great coach too, but it's pretty much a coaching mismatch every time you put Spolstra on the floor. It's kind of like that old Belichick thing where no matter who's on the other side, even if it's a really good coach, it's still a mismatch um, in terms of or in favor of the Heat. So we're going to see. I definitely like uh, that take by Letty to go at Jokic, to get him in foul trouble, get him on the bench, because there's just no other way to stop the guy right now. He's he's scoring um, pretty much whenever he wants. He gets good shots whenever he wants. Even when his shots don't fall, he's so valuable to have on the court. You can't box him out. You can't out-rebound him. And there's no way to, to defend his passing and the shooting that the Nuggets have. Um, so the Heat are going to have to, in my opinion, shoot the absolute lights out. Caleb Martin's going to have to continue this insane hot stretch. Might even have to improve it, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and Struess, Duncan Robinson, Kyle Lowry's going to have to play a lot better. And then I think you're going to need a big series from Bam, too. It's huge. I know, you know, we kind of just went over the matchup and we don't see it happening, but Bam does have a great mid-range game. He's way more athletic than Jokic, way better foot speed than Jokic. So, yeah, if you can get around him or if you can create space, get to his mid-range shot, like, Bam can give you, you know, a, a big 25-point game. He just has to do that consistently. So that's the route that I see for the Heat. Um, but the Nuggets, to me, are just too consistent. They get shots too easily. And, yeah, we're, we're going to see what happens in game one. Does anyone have any other takes they want to throw out? I just think it's going to be difficult for the Heat to put out that, like, have that offensive output day in and day out. Like, if you look at their uh, totals against the Celtics, game seven was 103, game six was 103, game five was 97, uh, game four was 99. Uh, so, like, game three was 128, which was a masterclass. Game two was uh, 111, and then game one was 123. So, they can't have like 110 less points and expect to win the game 
I don't think they'll be able to do that. Um, you know, score over 110 consistently against Denver. Um, but Denver's for sure putting up at least 110, 115 a night. So I expect um Denver to, you know, keep up their offensive efficiency and for Miami to, you know, be Miami put up like one hundred points a game. Yeah. I got a question for you guys too. If it does come down to crunch time, close game, who do you think wins the game? It just game one. Denver. So I think that's a great question. Buster just said Denver as I was talking over him. Sorry. Um I think Jimmy Butler can win you any sort of game, especially when it comes down to the wire. We've seen playoff Jimmy just take over games too frequently to bet against them. But again, like in that Lakers series, a lot of those games did come down to the wire and you saw how well the Nuggets um, responded. Maybe other than game one where they were kind of throwing it away. Um, But their offense is humming and it's so hard to stop them. I just don't see the defensive game plan for Miami or not not even the game plan, regardless of game plan, I don't think they have the personnel to stop um, Denver at any point in this series. So obviously in the clutch, like, yeah, anything can happen, and Jimmy's going to hit huge shots. Caleb Martin's going to hit huge shots. But the Nuggets have all those guys too. Like, mm-hmm. all their role players hit big shots. KCP hits big shots. Murray's been one of the best clutch players this whole playoffs. So, yes, like I said, I have the, the Nuggets in six. So I do think the Heat are going to squeak out two games somewhere in there. And – I'm I'm sure that they will win um a late uh close game at some point in this series, but I just don't think like let's say every game comes down to the wire. I just still think the Nuggets come out and win this series. What Never do you think, prove that. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Len. Hmm? I didn't say anything. Oh, uh, Denver proved that they could do that against LA. Like games one. Game one was fucking close, came down to the wire. L.A. came back, and Denver was able to, you know, put down their comeback. Game four was right down to the wire. They got two major, major defensive stops, and Jokic was hitting unbelievable shots on the other end. Like, it's a, it, it would definitely be a battle of great teams down the stretch, great coaching. Uh, I think Michael Malone has got this team in the right mindset right now um, where they're just – they always have something to prove, and they're just still hungry no matter what. Um, I know Spo's got his guys playing the same way, but – I just think Denver's more talented, and I think that when they have the same mindset, I think the talent just wins in the end. Yeah, I think we talked about the Heat having to match the Nuggets scoring, and I think that comes from, obviously, the Heat (laughs) three times in the Celtics series, the Heat shot the ball 50% from three, which is nuts. Obviously, I don't think that's sustainable. I think it has to be Jimmy and Bam averaging probably 55 points a night combined. Just them two, just to keep up. And then all the role, like Caleb Martin having a sick game. And I don't know. I just, I don't see yeah. it. I don't see Bam doing that. Bam hasn't done that. He didn't do it against the Celtics. He has to play the best series of his life if they want to win. The Heat have to play perfect basketball, and the Nuggets pretty much just have to be themselves and continue to do what they've done all year. The other aspect I think to this is the Nuggets have lost three total games this whole playoffs. I don't know exactly how many the Heat have lost. Um, I know it's way more than three. And when you think about this Celtic series, this Eastern Conference Finals versus the Western Conference Finals, how long ago does it feel like that Western series ended and how yeah, well-rested these Nuggets so guys are going to come in? And I think if you remember back to the Heat's run in the bubble, Jimmy Butler was 
gassed in the finals and he won them two games. And there's that iconic picture of him just bending over, um, you know, on the baseline, just absolutely exhausted. And you also got to remember the heat's playoffs started as early as they can start with the playing games. They played two playing games, which lasted, you know, a full, what week and a half or two weeks before the nuggets playoffs started. So the, the nuggets have everything going for them. They're well rested. They're more talented. Um, and they have the best player in the series, which I, you could argue that the Heat have had the best player in each series up until this point. I don't think you can make that argument anymore. I was going to combat actually what you said, Jordan, about and you guys agreed on about them being so well rested. I think it got to a, it gets to a point where it almost could be too much rest. Like I was listening to Michael Malone on on part of my take, and and he was talking about how or they asked him about how you know they had I think it was nine days off or something like that. Like that is an absurd amount of time. So he Crazy. was like, "How do you manage your team, you know, and and keep them all like basically just still keep try to keep them in game rhythm?" Um, and he basically said it's really difficult to do that because your team, when you're playing like that and you're clicking so well, you just want to go immediately and you want to go play that finals right after you just swept the Lakers. But it's it's difficult to come out and especially after a nine day break, it's not like it's a four day break or a five day break. It's nine days like that is over a week of of no. Uh, you know, no game like, um, game like game scenarios. So I think they might come out a tad flat. Um, but I think in the end they will be well more re- uh more well rested. I think that'll just wear down Miami as the series goes on if it goes deep. Um, but I I think this team will just become you know be ready to play. But I I could expect or could see uh, a little bit of a slower start because of this massive delay in in games and especially yeah. how well they're playing. It's hard to keep that up. Yeah, I agree with that definitely. But I do think. Like Jordan said, the Heat are exhausted. Like they're tired. They just had to use everything they had to squeeze out that Celtics series. And I think playing in Denver is gonna it's gonna kill them. Like it, we saw it kill LeBron and AD in those two games at the end of the game. So I I think the Nuggets take the first two, and then I think the Heat defend home court. But then after that, I think I think yeah, five or six or six actually. I think it's going six. Yeah. I, I agree with you there. I have them six as well. Um, we got any any more previews, or we just wanna we just want this game to tip off and watch the Nuggets roll this fucking team who who beat us both. Uh, Nuggets Nuggets first quarter whatever that spread is, I would absolutely fucking hammer that. I know I said they were gonna come out to a slow start, but like it's it's the first five minutes in Denver that that teams say always get you. Uh, where you're kind of huffing and puffing a little bit, and after you after those first five minutes, your body adjusts to the to the altitude. Um, and they we saw with L.A. they came out in the first quarter and started whooping, put a whooping on a, on L.A. and went up like 15 in the first quarter. So um, I will be betting Denver first quarter and second quarter. Who are you guys rooting for? <laughs> Denver Nuggets, Nuggets, all the way Nuggets. Absolutely. You Come don't on. think it'd be sick to have the Heat win though? An eight seed? No, they just knocked us out of the playoffs and talked. Jimmy Butler's talking shit to everyone, which he deserves to, but like, <laughs> let it rooting for the team that just knocks out of playoffs. And I don't know how you are doing that, bro. Cause Lady wants to sit there and be like, Oh, you're we two games away from beating the heat who just won the NBA finals. Like, <laughs> oh, you were so close. You were so close to being that team. Oh, it's a shame. Dude, come on. This is an underdog story. Like we love underdog stories. The Knicks were, first of all, nowhere near to beating the heat or to winning the championship. So let's just get that out of the way. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, an underdog story. It's it's not your typical underdog story. I mean, the Heat have been here 
in the Eastern Conference Finals three of the past four years, and they reached the finals before. Obviously, yeah, they were an eight seed, um, and it's cool that they've made it this far, I guess, as an unbiased NBA fan. But I think the Nuggets deserve this. Jokic has gotten so much hate by the media. Um, guy won, won two MVPs, and the only thing people talked about were was how he couldn't get it done in the playoffs, basically because his team was injured or his team was too young and his team wasn't ready yet. Um, I think Jokic deserves this. I think this would kind of implement him as the best player in the world. And I think this is, this is great when you have this much parity in the NBA and you don't know, um, you know, who's going to win year in and year out there. Although the nuggets were a one seed, did any of us think they were going to win the championship this year? I had them as contenders. Contenders. <laughs> the Suns, the Suns scared me, but that was about yeah. it. The West, and possibly the Warriors. Yeah, see, that was a big thing going in the playoffs. It was all Suns and Warriors have this are gonna be the two, and then the Nuggets come out um, and just play the way that they've played all year as the one seed, and and they've been disrespected all year. I think they absolutely deserve this. I agree. Um, it's it's like an underdog story, but it's not like the Nuggets are you know, your typical juggernaut that the underdog comes out and beats. Like, it's not a David versus Goliath, I guess, because, like, the Nuggets are trying to prove something as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I think they're going to. And so, I, I mean, I also just fuck the Heat. I'm just so mad at the Heat. I don't, I don't like them at all. <laughs> to be fair, we should be more mad at the Celtics than we are the Heat. Yeah. Which I think I mean, to I, be fair, I, I we kinda am. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I agree. Letty... Real quick, give us your take on the Celtics. Where where do they go from here, and what did you make of the series overall? I think I think Butts is overreacting completely. He wants Jalen Brown gone. I think I think you give him that money. Um, you bring in a new coach, and you set a new culture. We see how important culture is with the Heat ripping through teams that are that have played better than them all season. Um. And I think you bring in a point guard. I think you guys turn the ball over in clutch situations down the stretch multiple times in that series. Um, Marcus Smart is not him, by the way. He's a good. He's good at what he does, but he's not a point guard. I think you need a ball handler, and I think you need a coach. And everything else is perfect. I don't know if Al is going to be able to play that much longer, so you might need another stretch four or five to bring in. But. Um, I think you'd be very dumb to let Jalen Brown go because he's what he proved. He was a top 10, 15 player this year and everyone just overreacting because the salary cap is going up and up. Like in three or four years, the salary cap is going to be higher and you're going to be playing players worse than Jalen Brown, more money than Jalen Brown will be making on this contract. So I need some context for that. First off, when I texted lead, I was just, a little drunk and a little sad oh, at the time. Please, I, wanted... I, I was screaming trade Tatum during the Sixer series. So we all say things we don't mean. We all <laughs> say things we don't mean. We all wish we could take him back. But it's like you look at it, and Jalen Brown is supposed to be getting this offseason the most money in the NBA. He will be the highest paid player in NBA history. Like after that, after that conference finals performance. So it's like. I guess it's that kind of sentence that just doesn't sit well with me. And obviously um, we said this the other day, but talking about the future of the Celtics right now um, after the performance that they put up, just like a couple of days after the performance they put up might not be the best route. Maybe we should let this sink in for like 
a month and then revisit it. But as as psycho basketball fans, it's our job to overreact to to our teams that we love. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say after Letty's little monologue there, the things I would do to be able to speak about the Celtics in that measured and laid back of a tone, <laughs> I would just love <laughs> to be able to have clear thoughts about that team. But alas, I'm no led with. Um, oh, I do think though. That. No, and I never will be. But I think I think the CBA, the new CBA, is a big reason why people are so hesitant about this because having two Supermax guys really kind of handcuffs what you can do with the rest of your team. And the Celtics have been so reliant on their depth and their role players, and that's been you know something we've been able to lean back on and we've had for years that has just always been a given. So I don't want to see what this team would look like um, if it got any thinner. And I think that's why, you know, paying Jalen seems difficult, but I still agree. I think it's so hard to find these guys who are, who become all-stars, um, especially guys who you draft and you develop and have been in your organization and there's, you know, the chemistry is already there. So I think it's too hard to let that go. And guys like Jalen Brown, even with that horrible performance in, in game seven and in the series, the Eastern conference finals overall, I think, he's just too hard um, to replace. He's too good of a player. So I agree. We should keep him. Agreed. And I think you need, this is my take for you guys. I think you need to add a Tyus Jones like type player. Could do everything, low contract, can score the ball, still young. Someone like him, I feel like is detrimental to your team. But does he start detrimental? In, in, in our well, five? I, I meant to say, <laughs> I, I meant to say imperative. Imperative to your team's success. We'll work on Lenny's vocab and we'll get him back for maybe an, an episode around a, a month. <laughs> Blowing yeah, no. sit, 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 sit down on the bench, Led. Get, get us some water. Hey, I'll take a lap. I'll take a um, lap. But does he start? Like, does he doesn't start on, on the Celtics 5 next year, a guy like that. Like, you will have, we will have Brogdon. If we get rid of Smart, which I think we should, obviously should, we'll have Brogdon, White, Brown, Tatum, Horford, and then Rob Will off the bench, I guess, is, is your six right now with Colin. Well, Brogdon would come off the bench, right? I think. I agree with Letty. I think um, Tyus would be perfect. And for whatever reason, whenever we bring up this, like, we need a point guard, Tyus Jones is the only one that is anyone really? can be able to think of. Like, it's we can't seem to generate any other names other than Tyus Jones because I think he would fit so perfect. Um, yeah, he's a great playmaker, and he's exactly what the Celtics or need. like Lonzo. Get you a Lonzo ball. Well, see, might Lonzo might money. never play basketball ever again. So. Yeah, true. It's true. There is that. I mean, so we always circle back to Tyus Jones, and here we are. And, yeah, I think uh, Brogdon, sixth man of the year, I think that's a great place for him to stay, keep coming off the bench, keep competing for that award and kind of being the spark plug in terms of scoring. And let Tyus Jones control the pace, slow everything down, um, and set up Tatum and Brown, which those two guys have never had. Um, Quick, quick, uh, quick note here. Oh, we got we got ripped on a TikTok, mainly, mainly me, but. I, I got really kind of bodied <laughs> on a TikTok here. Uh, our Draymond TikTok. And you know what? Any publicity is good publicity when you're just starting out in the media. But, man, did I just get torn apart. I got Someone said it sounded like I was crying. Uh, I mean, I wasn't. I wasn't close to crying, by the way. But, I mean, I was <laughs> – just so we're clear, I just went on a little, um, little Draymond rant because he said he was just hating on the entire uh, city of Boston and their fan base, and I just wasn't having any of it. Um wasn't having any of that from his house and fucking wherever the fuck he is, but fuck Draymond, fuck those guys in the comments. Um, it didn't bother me, it didn't rattle me. It actually made me smile. Sure I, just, I, I bask in the hate. 
First of all, I had to uh, call Butsy after that TikTok was posted and just check in on him, see how he was doing. And he was, he was, I will say, he was in better spirits than I thought. He was taking it on the chin and he was laughing it off. But uh, there are 174 comments on that video. God, I think comments. I, I think 100 of them are eight towards Butsy and the other 74 are me and Max doing our best to respond to them from the Lovecast account. <laughs> and then and then there's one uh that Butsy posted on his personal account. <laughs> that just says something You're about murdered? a You have a burner account? <laughs> no, I, I, it, was, it was me. It was it was a real authentic, real authentic account. I got no burners. I should probably make like a hundred burners and just hire a bot or buy a bot and just have them respond to all the hate. So I can't yeah. do this anymore, man. This yeah, media stuff's yeah, getting yeah. to me. I know I said I, I will say I am upset in Celtics Nation for not coming to our defense because the Warriors and Heat fans, mostly Warriors fans, just came at our necks as a podcast, as a fan base, as a boy People, named Connor Butts, as an, as mean, an individual. <laughs> and, and nobody from Celtics Nation. I mean, it got it got a, a lot of likes, so I know Celtics Nation is seeing it. They're loving the content and they're agreeing with it. And that's why I'm angry that no one commented. They're just cowards. Like, they're cowards exactly. and they won't speak up. No, they, they won't speak up. You know what? The haters are always louder, and that's okay. If you have haters in the media, you're doing something right. Um, so Everyone can talk shit from behind the screen, right? Everyone can talk shit from behind the screen. Yeah, that's we what never, we're doing right now. We never do that. <laughs> <laughs> that's all well, we do. With that, I think we'll wrap this up. We'll be back for... A game one analysis. Maybe we'll be back with more TikTok drama. Maybe Butsy will fire back. Maybe Celtics Nation will start bleeding green in those comments. Um, but nice. for now, <laughs> we will let you all go. Thank you all for listening. Enjoy the finals. Um, fuck Draymond and go Nuggets. Peace. Shorty, what's up with y'all? Oh, Coming to say you're lucky, fine. We got to cutting it off. Nobody kidding, fuck on my line. I'ma keep it up with y'all. But Shorty, I'm trying to make you mine. Don't make it too easy, I wanna try. She looking too good, can't let it go by. Oh, yeah. Think I won the lotto. This slow mulatto. She could be a model. She wanna show me some. Think I won the lotto. This slow mulatto. She could be a model.